So the song that we just sang, or at least the earliest versions of that song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. How many of you are familiar with that song? You've heard it before. Um, that was actually a seven stanza poem originally written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Now, Longfellow was one of the most famous poets of the 1800s. He wrote things like the Song of Hiawatha and Paul Revere's Ride, and he also had an incredible beard, didn't he? So good, right? The story of this Christmas poem, though, is absolutely fascinating. See, Longfellow had a son named Charlie, and in March of 1863, Charlie left his father's house without his father knowing to join the Union Army in the Civil War. His father had said, you're not allowed to do that, and he snuck out of the house and joined the war anyway. Now, this, this was one of the bloodiest wars in all of our uh, country's history, and in November, Charlie was severely wounded, and he was sent home from the war to D.C., where his father met him in the hospital. Now, it was a dark and terrifying moment for Henry as he sat and he worried about his son's recovery. He didn't know if he was going to be paralyzed or not. See, here's the thing about Henry. This was not the first time that Henry had been through suffering. In 1861, he woke up from his sleep suddenly as his wife, Fanny, had her dress had just caught on fire. And he ran to her and he tried to help put the fire out, but she was so severely injured that the next day she died. And he, because he had tried to help her, had been burned so badly that he couldn't even attend the funeral. And that's actually why he grew the beard, because he had so much scarring on his face. So Longfellow, in the wake of his grief in the early stages of the Civil War, he was suffering. And he didn't want his son to go. And he actually wrote these words. This is what he said about the division taking place throughout the nation. He said, one feels from day to day that the gulf yawns wider. He said, the dissolution of the union goes slowly on. He said, behind it all, I hear the low murmur of the slaves, like the chorus in a Greek tragedy, prophesying, woe, woe. And then, after his son Charlie returned home, he wrote a letter to a friend, and he said this, the death of the young men in the war makes my heart bleed whenever I think of it. He said, how much I have felt for you, I cannot tell you, particularly on that cold December night when I came back with my son, and I saw you at the station and knew that yours would come back to you no more. He said, pardon me for touching that wound. It's only that I may tell you how deep the impression is. This poem, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, has has captured my heart this Christmas season. There is, throughout this song, a tension that Longfellow feels that I believe many of us, many of you feel during the Christmas season. He is, at his very core, I I, I wonder if he was sitting in D.C. as he wrote this poem, listening to the bells at Christmas time and wondering, is it really Christmas if my son is going to die or if my son is going to be paralyzed. See, he's torn between the suffering of the world and the suffering of his own life. Perhaps the lowest point of that whole poem is that gut-honest revelation that he makes where he says, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Maybe you deeply understand this. See, in those verses that Milo and Anya read so beautifully to us, the proclamation of the angels that first Christmas that I believe always sounds more beautiful from the lips of children. In that proclamation, we hear a simple and powerful message given to unlikely shepherds in the wilderness of Israel. Those angels proclaim glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace. And goodwill, peace and goodwill to all. See, the constant refrain in Longfellow's poems, a poem is, are, are those words, peace and goodwill, peace and goodwill. And for him, he wavers between believing maybe that's true, maybe that's not true. How could peace and goodwill exist in such a war-torn, broken-hearted 
world. As I thought about that this Christmas, I thought that's not far from our own reality. We sense this great tension as humans. For the majority, and many of you know this, right? For the majority of the past three weeks because of sickness, I've basically been immobilized, laying on the couch with flu and pneumonia. And if you know me at all, that's not where I'm comfortable. I want to be moving. I want to be doing. I want to be planning, casting vision, like let's go. And in those weeks, I found myself longing for healing, praying that my body would get better sooner rather than later, wanting to be back to normal, whatever that is. And, And I've also found myself maybe more than any other time in my life feeling compassion for those who suffer in so many greater ways than I could ever understand. There are those of you here right now who deeply understand Longfellow's tension. There are those of you or those in your family who face chronic pain, recurring disease, emotional and mental health situations, broken families, so much more. And there are those of you who hear these words, peace and goodwill to all. And you wonder how that could be true in your own life. And certainly how it could be true in our broader world that seems so much more divided than ever across racial lines, economic lines, political lines, cultural lines. How can peace and goodwill truly be for all? I want to look at these verses very briefly tonight because kiddos, listen, you are hours away. You're almost there. Parents, my, my goal tonight is to get them wound up. Okay, that's, that's the goal. Okay. No, I'm not. I got my own. So I want to ask you a question. And kiddos, I really want to get, I want to hear from you with this. So shout it out. Are there any presents on Christmas that you get every single year, whether you ask for them or not? What, 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 what would they be? What would you just, just shout out some? Skittles. Clothes. You get clothes. Skittles. Awesome. Can I come to your house? Don't, don't listen. Don't shout all at once. Okay. What else? What else? Monster trucks. How about like presents maybe that you're like, oh, cool. It's this. And then you move on to the next present. Anybody get socks? Like every year you get socks. Some of you need new socks. How about underwear? Woohoo! Aren't we so excited to get underwear? No. Anybody get a toothbrush every year? No? Some of you should get some new toothbrushes. All right. Now, here's the question. When you get those gifts, maybe you're not super excited because it's the same thing every year. It's just what you expect to get. Here's what I think. When we read the Christmas story of Jesus in church every single year. Maybe you read it in your house on Christmas morning. When we talk about him being born in a manger and angels coming to announce his birth to shepherds in a field and the wise men coming to visit him and bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh and all that beautiful stuff, I think when we do that each year, it can feel sometimes like getting those socks every year. Yeah, it's the same story. Going to church, telling the same story. It's the angels, shepherds, mule, donkey, whatever it was, a goat, sheep, all that stuff in the manger. There was a baby Jesus. Like we, we, it just feels like we've heard it before. But what I want you to notice, though, is just how surprising that this story we read tonight really is. Because I think when we get surprised by the Christmas story, and adults, you need to hear this. When we get surprised by the Christmas story again, we can answer that question that Longfellow asked. Is it possible that peace and goodwill truly are for all. So I'm going to tell you this story, and I need a couple helpers. Don't volunteer yet because you never know what you're volunteering for. I could be asking you to clean the bathroom, okay? So verse 8 says in Luke 2, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. So I need like three shepherds that are under the age of, I don't know, 11, unless I'm offending 11-year-olds, and you can participate too. So like three shepherds, anybody? Anyway, come on, Anya, come on, right up to the stage. This is going to take forever if you don't, come on, come on, come on. Amelia, you come on. You guys just right here, you're shepherds out in the field, all right, right here. Just hang out. You got to be looking at the crowd. Everybody wave. Give the shepherds a hand. Some of you can't count to three, but I'm glad we got four. That's awesome. All right, right here. Welcome. All right there, you're fine. What's your name? Introduce yourself. 
Zaven. Anya. Amelia. Amelia. Blake. George? Blake. Blake. Okay. <clears throat> That's our shepherds. Now, what do shepherds do? What would you guys say? They watch sheep. You are brilliant. A plus. You're going to do well tonight. Now, do you know any shepherds? Anybody know any shepherds in the room? Anybody know any shepherds? You, you do. They're right here. Well, come on. <laughs> Pay attention. So shepherds in this time, now listen, shepherds in this time did not have farms. They didn't have fences. They just took their sheep and they wandered all over the place. And so what they would do, I'm preaching tonight, not you, okay? So what they would do is they would wander around throughout the land, throughout the the, the countryside, and they would actually live with their sheep. Doesn't that sound fun? No, I don't think so either. They would stay with their sheep. If you knew shepherds, now friends, listen to this. If you knew people who slept out for weeks at a time with their sheep, how do you, let me just ask a really important question. How do you think they smelled? Yeah, terrible. So you guys are now not just shepherds, you're stinky shepherds. Cool? All right, so you're shepherds. All right. So, verse 9, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now, I need somebody really, 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 because here's the thing. We think of angels, and we go, oh, they're so pretty, so nice. These people were terrified of the angels, so I need a super terrifying person. Anyone? Is she coming? Do you want to be an angel? You look not at all scary, but we're going to make you scary. Come on. Come on, introduce yourself. Mackenzie. Mackenzie, come right up here because you're like, you're way higher. Almost, than everybody else. All right, so you're now the angel, all right? And what you're going to say on the count of three, you're going to say, low. Do you know what low means? I don't either. But it's what angels said, and it's going to terrify the stinky shepherds. So when she says low, you guys are terrified. Are you ready? Everybody ready for this? All right, one, two, three. Low. Looked like you all went to the circus. All right, so you weren't scary enough. We need your low to be like, like heavy metal, okay? Are you with me? All right, you don't even know what that is. Okay, and when she lows you, you're like falling down. Now, don't break anything because this is expensive up here. Ready? One, two, three. Low. Perfect. Perfect. Just stay put. Good job. Don't, no, 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 no. You're, you're terrified. There's an angel. Okay, all right. So behold, an angel of the Lord showed around them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them. They were greatly fade. The angel said to them... Now, this is what the angel says after she loathes them. She says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. <laughs> to which they were like, you're scary, right? So you guys climb back up. She, she said, don't be afraid. So you trust her. Don't be afraid. I'm hoping I'm not changing the scriptures. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, Mackenzie, she says, good tidings of great joy. Here's what that means. You're just going to tell them, dudes, I got good news. You ready? Can you say that? All right, one, two, three. Dudes, I got good news. You are awesome. Give her a hand. (laughs) To which you guys, you're drifting, man. Your sheep are getting lost. Stay on your side, okay? Okay. To which you guys are like, oh, cool. So one, two, three. You guys are excellent. Trained professionals. Hang tight. All right. So she gives them good news. Then she says, for there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling claws, lying in a manger. And suddenly, you ready for this? This is suddenly. You guys ready? There was with the angel 
a multitude, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, so I need like a heavenly host. Anybody feel like a heavenly host? Heavenly host? Laurel, are you a heavenly host? You look like a heavenly host. Come on, Laurel. You can just bring your whole family, Laurel. Just make them the heavenly host. Come on, heavenly host family. Hurry. And mom, mom, this is a long sermon if you don't get moving, all right? Heavenly host, up here. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And the others are silent protesters. I get it. Okay. All right. Right here. So you are now the heavenly host, and you broke out in the Handel's Hallelujah Chorus. That's when it was written, right then. Do you know that song? No? Nobody knows that song? Okay. Well, yeah, I was just kidding. Anyway, so the heavenly host rejoices in praising God. Ready? Can you rejoice and praise God? Like, just do your best dance ever, okay? Ready? One, two, three, go. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe we'll just make it like a renaissance painting and you don't move, okay? So we're not doing a movie anymore. You're just, it's just a painting, okay? So just hang tight. So the heavenly host praising God and saying, and they're shouting this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, good will, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So it was when the angels had gone away. So you guys just kind of take off. You can go back family. Give them a hand. Well done. Well done. Man, I thought angels flew. Let's see those wings. There you go. Well done. Awesome. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, are you ready, shepherds? You with me? Man, you guys smell bad. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So you are looking at each other. Huddle up. Huddle up. Huddle up. And just somebody's got to take the lead and say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this little baby. Ready? Go. You guys really shouldn't talk over each other. Well done. Give them a hand. Go have a seat. Thank you so much. Now, let me ask you, since you've seen this story, what is surprising about this? What would you say? Just shout some things out. There were four shepherds. Amazing. Yeah. Some crazy angels, right? Very tiny angel. Here's what I think is surprising. First of all, think about this. God showed up to shepherds. Why would he pick stinky shepherds? Why would he sin? Listen, wife, God was saying, I want to do something amazing in the world. I'm going to step down into this world. I think I'll become a baby because babies are so intimidating, right? Like they're so cute and fluffy and they smell good all the time. And you know the first people I'm going to tell? I'm going to tell shepherds who actually are not good with people. They live in the wilderness all the time. They sleep with sheep. They don't really interact socially. I'm a, that's who I'm going to go to first. See, this is a fascinating story. It's a surprising story. And I think it tells us some things about God that, friends, I want you to hear tonight. Three things really quickly, then we're going to wrap up. Here's the first thing. God always comes to unlikely people at unlikely times. God always shows up in the lives of unlikely people at unlikely times. One of the things I love about Longfellow's poem is the honesty of his words. He isn't hiding his doubt from God. He says, and in despair, I bowed my head. There's no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth and goodwill to men. This is a man who has been crushed, who has lost his wife, who thinks he may lose his son, and now he's saying, I don't know where God is, and that's where God shows up. God always shows up to unlikely people in unlikely times. See, somehow God met him in the midst of his pain so that he could say these words, then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. 
See, somehow he could write those words because I believe God had come to him and shown his presence in his life. Think about this. Listen, kiddos, don't miss this. If you were God and you had an announcement to make for the whole world, who would you pick to hear it first? You know who I'd tell? I'd tell LeBron James. I don't really even like LeBron James, but I'd tell LeBron James because he puts like, my favorite color is orange, on Twitter, and everybody goes, orange is awesome! Right? Like, I would tell somebody super famous. I would tell, like, the person that's on TV the most. I would tell somebody amazing. God goes, hey, I got an announcement for the whole world. Let's pick the shepherds. Let's go to the wilderness. He picks unlikely people at unlikely times. Isn't that how God works? He comes to unlikely people because it's often the unlikely people who most know that they need God. See, this is 400 to 500 years since the people of God have even heard God speak. And in the Christmas story, he shows up to, listen, these are the people that God shows up to. A single teenage girl, a scared carpenter boy, and some shepherds in the wilderness. If this tells us anything about God and about what Christmas means, it's this. God shows up to unlikely people at unlikely times. Maybe you're here and you know that despair. You know what Longfellow felt. You look at the world, you feel like hanging your head and wondering how could there ever be peace? What does goodwill even mean today? Can I just say to you that if that's where you are, you might be just a moment away from God showing up and saying, I'm not dead and I don't sleep. I'm just a heartbeat away. Here's the second thing I want you to hear tonight. Peace and goodwill truly are for all people. When it comes to God, God, in, in Jesus, in the birth of Jesus, he says peace and goodwill. You know what goodwill is? It's mercy. It's compassion. It's a love for other people. He says it truly is for everyone. It's not just for the shepherds. It's not just for you. I don't want you to just hear this message and then huddle up and hang out with the sheep forever. He says, I want you to go hear this. Kiddos, I want to challenge you with something. All the kids in the room, I want you to listen to me. I know that Christmas is just a few hours away. Are you excited yet? Call me too. I can't wait to see what you got me. All right, so parents, I know you've invested a ton of energy, time, planning, and more money than you have into what's going to take place at your house in the next 24 hours. And you know what's behind a lot of this? You know what you're going to feel when it's all over? You're going to have goodwill. You're going to give love to each other, to your family. Christmas is fun. Gifts are awesome. Amen? Yeah. And when you wake up early tomorrow and then you sit around in the afternoon, one of the magic parts of the day is the peace and the goodwill that your family will feel. But here's my challenge. And kiddos, you're most responsible for this. I want you to talk with your parents before bed tonight. And I want you to come up with some way you can spread. Listen, I want you to come up with a way you can spread the peace and the goodwill that isn't just someone in your family. Tomorrow and maybe over the course of your Christmas break from school, I want you to think about how can we spread peace? How can we give goodwill towards somebody that isn't just our family? Maybe you could make some cookies and just surprise your pastor would be awesome. No, maybe you could find a way to bless someone who doesn't have as much as you. Maybe you could look at mom and dad and say, you know what? I got so many toys. I don't need this one. Let's give this to somebody who needs it. What can you do to offer peace and goodwill? Adults, this is maybe the hardest thing for us to hold on to right now in our bigger world. Peace and goodwill don't seem like they're for everybody. They actually only seem like they're for the people who think like us, agree with us, act like us, talk like us. We have systems shut down right now because of this very fact. And you're going to sit around dinner tables tomorrow with people who don't agree with you. And it's going to be really, really hard to offer peace and goodwill to all. But you know what you're called to in that moment if you're a follower of Christ? And this is hard, but it's true. You're called to keep proclaiming good 
news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Jesus' love is for everybody. Peace and goodwill, because that's what the story of Jesus does for us. Here's the last thing, finally. Advent. And kiddos, when we talk about Advent, we're talking about the whole Christmas season. The season of waiting and getting excited and excited about Jesus' coming. Advent is about God coming to us even when we can't get to him. See, that's what Advent is about. There's this thing about the story of Jesus' birth that I can't ever stop thinking about. To me, it's the most important thing we should know about Christmas. Think about this. God came to us. He came to us. Emmanuel, that word, everybody say Emmanuel. It means God with us. And do you know why he did that? Because we couldn't get to him. We couldn't get to him. There's this guy in the Old Testament. His name's Ezekiel, and he would become a messenger of God, a prophet. But when he started out, listen, it's so cool. Here's what happens. God shows up to him. Mackenzie the angel shows up and says, listen, God said to him, son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. That's what he says. And then here's what verse 2 says. Then the spirit entered me when he spoke to me, and he set me on my feet. See, I love that because Ezekiel gets visited by God, and then God says, stand up, I want to talk to you. And Ezekiel's like, I can't, you're God, and I'm terrified. I'm broken. I'm a mess. My life is fragile. I don't know what, I don't know how to do it. How am I going to stand up in God's presence? And the Spirit enters him and sets him on his feet. See, Ezekiel is somebody who couldn't get to God, so God came to him. Christmas is God coming to us even when we can't get to him. It's the story of a people who, like Henry Longfellow, found despair to be too heavy. Just like today, the world, if we look closely, is covered in despair. Hate is strong. It drowns out so much to the point that we often can't even hear the voice of God. But here's how we keep going when we have no hope left, when we cannot pull ourselves up. God says, get up. And when we can't, he fills us with the Spirit and he pulls us to our feet. He is here with us. He is not dead and he is not sleeping. He has come down to earth and fleshed and incarnate to bring justice and peace. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. So tonight, I want you to hear this story all over again. And I don't want this to feel like socks or underwear anymore. I want this to feel like hope. I want this to feel like something that means something to you that you would say, you know what? This year maybe has been awful, but God's not done. God's not finished. For some of you, maybe you're, you're like, you're just here because somebody invited you. It's Christmas, and this is the thing to do, and you thought a candle would be cool. We gave your kids candles when you walked in. I apologize for that. But I would love for tonight to be a moment where you would say, you know what? Maybe this peace and goodwill thing is exactly what I've been looking for. In our church, I'm going to pray for you in just a second. If you would say, tonight's the night that I feel like this makes sense maybe for the first time, and I just want to say, Jesus, I don't know what it means to follow you, but I'd like to try it this next year. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask you just to make eye contact with me. I'm not going to have you stand up, raise your hand. We're not going to do any dances, nothing weird. I just want to see your eyes and just say, God hears you right now, and he's listening, and he's with us. He's with us. And then I want to pray for the rest of you that would say, you know what, I am a Christ follower, But man, it's hard to have peace and goodwill. And I just need some encouragement. So let's pray. And I'm going to invite my singer back with me.